What is happening, people? And we are going to have a... What is happening, people? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, testing. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, testing. What is happening, people? Today, we're going to do a bit of a chill... Well, we're not going to do a chill podcast. I'm lying. We're going to do a bit of a all-over-the-place podcast. So I don't have a plan for this. I don't have a direction for this. As per usual, but I do not have one at all for this. Like, I literally just sat down. Three things came into my head, and those three things were loss, losing things, gratitude, um how to be okay with losing stuff and how that all ties into stoicism number two was insecurities was how to get over insecurities my own insight how to deal with them what you should do and number three was meeting or linking up with high status socially high value people be it someone famous be it really really attractive women that are incredibly sought after and my personal take and insights on that so we might not speak about all of those things i might not be able to have i might not have time to talk about them all but we've done no research we just sat down i'm like you know what these are the three things let me move the mic away these are the three things that I want to talk about. So that is what we are going to do. Before we get going as well, I want to say, drop me a message on Instagram, at Mo Samuels, if you have any suggestions in terms of podcasts, what you want to hear, what you want me to talk about, because if I get a trend of messages, I will answer the questions. I'll do a podcast on whatever topic you guys want because at the end of the day, I want to give value to you guys. And even if it's something that I'm not super, super clued up on, I'm happy to give my own insight, do my own research and learn a little bit about something before because if I don't understand something, I should probably spend more time applying myself and learning it. Anyway, podcast is late. Podcast is one day late. And uh, the reason it's late is because of me, obviously, because I didn't value getting the podcast out to you in time, that would be following Stoic philosophy. It's, it's all my fault that it's late. If I wanted to get it done bad enough, I would have got it done. I would have got it out on Monday, but I didn't value the hassle of getting it out on Monday over you getting your podcast on time. So basically, I'm a piece of shit. What happened was, was my MacBook Pro broke. It had a meltdown, it died, and then it cost lots and lots and lots and lots of money in the Apple store to get fixed. Uh, basically, I needed everything replacing inside. And um, the the purpose of the story is that, obviously, number one, I don't value you guys enough to get the podcast out on time. <laughs> number two, the main thing I want to talk about is losing things, is this this thing that ties into stoicism called perceive, perceiving loss or perceived loss. So sto- stoicism, stoic philosophy, if you don't know anything about it, you should probably look it up, you should probably read about it. It's incredibly interesting, something I've already got into over this year in particular. And basically, the Stoics are a group of people, and a lot of fund the, the like cornerstones or the fundamentals of the Christian religion is based on these Stoic principles. So it predates the Christian religion. It was formed around. It was oh, I can't remember. It's formed in ancient Greece, and then it's adopted by the Romans. Most famously, Marcus Aurelius, one of the greatest emperors of all time was a was one of the the key or one of the main stoics amongst amongst others with other people such as Seneca, Epictetus, Epi, Epic, Epictetus, whatever you want to call him, blah 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 blah. And uh this 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 stoicism or this way of living is basically focusing on the internal rather than the external. It's this foundation or it's this blueprint for happiness, this blueprint for 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 a way of living, practicing this stoic virtue. And it's all based around focusing on what you can control rather than what you can't. So the things that you can control are your your actions and your internal state. Those are the two things that you can control. The things that you can't control are everything external. So what people think of you, uh, what 
what color, what what the weather's like today, what blah blah blah. You you get the idea. So you basically focus on the internal versus the external because if you focus on the external is ultimately going to make you unhappy so this comes around to my macbook pro breaking and my laptop dying and having a fucking meltdown and i said at the start that the podcast is late because i valued my own time more than getting it out to you guys and at the end of the day that is what it is like i can blame it on external things i can say oh it's because my mac broke which is why it is late but the ultimately i would have where there's a will there's a way i could have got the podcast out if i really if someone had a gun to my head i would have done it like no problem whatsoever but it just comes down to value and what i value more so this brings me around to practicing gratitude and this thing called perceived loss one of the things that the Stoics used to do, or the Stoics, if you're a Stoic, that you still do, is they they practice this thing called perceived loss. So they they go they go by this, they preach about how having an attachment to physical items, how having an attachment to materialistic things is very bad. Because and this this loops into modern science. We have this thing called there's a thing called the hedonic treadmill. And basically what that is, is it's when you want something, you 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 imagine having it, you create this like ideal in your head. Let's say the new iPhone's just coming out very soon. You really, really want the new iPhone, but it's really expensive. You imagine how it feels, you imagine using it, you imagine all the joy that it will bring you. And then you the build up to it's really, really, really exciting. You go into the Apple store, you drop all this money on your iPhone, you get it, and it's great. You take great care of it, you have it in a nice case, you have it like a beautiful screen protector on it. And you and it makes you feel really, really good. This materialistic thing makes you feel great, it makes you feel good. And then maybe a few weeks go by, maybe a few months go by, and it gradually you care about it less and less and less, rather than very carefully placing it down onto the onto the side, you just throw it down onto your bed. And then maybe several months go by, like maybe it's four or five months down the line, six months down the line, and it doesn't really give you any pleasure anymore. It's just a phone. It is what it is. And this is something called the hedonic treadmill, where things they can they can spike materialistic things they can spike the way that we feel they can make us feel happy for for a moment or happy for the time being but ultimately we're always going to settle back down to that baseline of happiness so it's why why there's this like what's the word not crusade there's why this there's it's why there's this attack on materialism because ultimately it doesn't doesn't bring you happiness because you're always going to go back to this baseline of happiness you're going to try and compensate for it by buying these things but in accordance with hedonic treadmill hedonism meaning pleasure it's you're never going to get anything really fulfilling out of buying stuff so in terms of attachment to things then, attachment to physical items obviously we have all these things we take them for granted we have phones we have laptops we have macbooks and we don't really appreciate them. Like I said, when you first get it, you appreciate it, but then you just it just becomes a standard. It just becomes a norm. You just expect to have it and expect to use it. It's only when you break or lose these things that you really, really realized how much you needed them, how much you relied on them, and how much you appreciated them. So it's why the Stoics preached about not having an attachment to physical items for, for starters, because when you lose them, it's going to make you unhappy. And although it might, after you get past that additional, uh, like initial hedonic stage of pleasure, it's not going to make you very happy anymore until you lose it. And then it's going to make you unhappy because you no longer have it and it's going to make you sad. But you, the act of actually having it and using it every single day isn't going to really bring you much enjoyment or fulfillment. So you should not have a massive attachment to these physical material items or 
materialistic things because ultimately it's going to make you unhappy. And that leads me on to loss and losing things. So every morning I get up and I write down three things that I'm grateful for. Have a think right now. What three things are you grateful for today? Like what are those three things? Write them down. If you have a pen or paper, write down these three things that you're grateful for. And it's probably going to be quite difficult for you. If you're struggling, you might say something like, I don't know, my my health, my phone, my laptop, my TV, whatever it is. It might be it might be easy, it might be difficult. You can probably think of superficial things that really to get but to really like develop a like a deep, a deep connection to the three things that you're grateful for. It's probably quite hard. Take it from another approach then. Take things that you use every every single day, things that you take for granted, people in your life, people that you come across. Now imagine losing them. Imagine that your laptop broke. Imagine that you lost your phone. Imagine that you suddenly had no clothes to wear. You might be in Primark, which is like a, if you're not from the UK, like a really, really cheap budget brand. You might be kitted out in entirely Primark clothes. But now imagine that you had no money and you had no clothes whatsoever. Suddenly these clothes that you take for granted every single day, like you you would really, really fucking want some. So the Stoics did this thing called practicing loss, perceiving loss. And what they did was they would imagine losing things that that, that, that were dear for dear to them or things that they just used every single day or things that they took for granted, things that they might develop an attachment to. So like in front of me, I've got a microphone. Imagine imagine that breaking. I've got a phone. Imagine that getting smashed up. I live with my two friends, Tom and Alex. Imagine one of them dying. I might take take advantage of them. Don't advantage. Take take them for granted, living with them and take them, take advantage of them. Who knows? Um, but but if I imagine them, this sounds really horrible and cynical. But if I, but if I imagine, what what happens if one of one of them dies? Like, would I would I be distraught? Would I be incredibly sad? Would I really wish that I treated them differently? Would I wish that I spent more quality time with them? Imagine if your mum died. Imagine if your sisters died. Imagine if your brother died. Imagine just just really ima- imagine losing things. This is one of the Stoic principles, or some one something that ties deeply into Stoic philosophy. Imagine losing something. Imagine no longer having it. Imagine it dying because at the end of the day, everything is temporary. Nothing is forever except time. Imagine losing something and imagine how that'll make you feel. Really, really imagine it. Put yourself in the situation. Visualize it. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be painful. But ultimately, you've got to realize that that is going to happen one day. Your dad is going to die. Your mum is going to die. They're probably going to die before you. That's that's life. That that it is what it is. Like It's horrible and it's, it's not a nice thing but it's going to happen so by imagining losing stuff by perceiving this loss you're going to be doing two things number one is you're going to be it's going to better prepare you for when the inevitable loss happens so if i practice losing my my macbook it's going to prepare me better for when my macbook does and ultimately eventually break i'm going to be able to handle it better as is saying that you live through things twice in life number 1 you live through them in your mind and number 2 you live through them in reality you so visualization is key because it gets you used to whatever's inevitably going to happen so number 1 it gets you it, it sets you up for it. it prepares you for that loss it prepares you to be that strong person like jordan peterson says Going off a bit of a tangent from lap, from laptops, you want to be the you want to be the the strongest person at your at, at family member's funeral. You want to be the shoulder to cry, and you want to be someone there that's the, the the pillar. You want to be someone that has got it together, someone there that's strong that people look up to. So it prepares you for prepares you for the loss of things, be it 
friends, family, materialistic items, whatever it is. And number two, which is the, the, the reason that I like the most, number two is it makes you grateful for things. When you don't have something, you appreciate it more and you're more grateful for it, more appreciative. So by imagining losing things, it's going to do one of two things. Number one is you're going to handle the inevitable loss better. Number two, you're going to be more grateful for it and appreciate it every single day. So that's why you should practice gratitude. And that's why I wanted to talk about that at the start of the start of the podcast, because my laptop, I've been doing this recently, I've been practicing gratitude, I've actually been more grateful for the materialistic things that I have or the tools that I have, the things that I use in my life. And before this happened, like I was actually thinking the, I think it was a couple of days before, like, oh, imagine if my laptop broke, how annoying would that be? So really, really appreciate it. Imagine it breaking, how much it would cost to get a new one. It's great that I have it. It's not, not a given to me. It's like a tool that I have at the end of the day, not I'm lucky to have it, blah, 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 blah. A lot of people don't have them. I should be grateful for it. I should be appreciative of it. And then a few days later, it broke. And I was, I was fine with that, even though it cost me over $1,000 to get fixed. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. And I've got a laptop back and I'm incredibly lucky and fortunate to have it in the first place. You know, you've got to don't rely on things. Don't feel entitled to things. Don't feel like things are a given. Don't feel like, don't feel like you're entitled to have this you're privileged to have the things that you have and you've got to realize that everything isn't forever and you're not always gonna you're not obliged to have these things even like clothes on your back you're not entitled to have that that's something that you you have to acquire and it's something that's going to be temporary it's not not forever practice losing things perceived loss gratitude blah 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 on to the next thing i want to talk about and that was insecurities uh it's weird that i haven't touched on this already i don't think i've touched on this anyway give me a message if i have because i kind of forget all the podcasts that i've done because it's adding up adding up adding up but that i want to touch on insecurities and overcoming them and how to deal with them okay so so many people are incredibly insecure and i feel like it's something that when you're young you have all these insecurities and all these problems and the older you get if you tackle it in the right way you kind of like you kind of like leave it behind you let it go and you forget about it so the young you are the more prone you are to this and then the older you get the less of a fuck you give like look at old people that are, that are near to death they don't give a shit they just wear whatever they get from a charity shop um they say outrageous things they don't a lot of them don't really care but then on the flip side you also get really really miserable grumpy old people who think things should be done a certain way and blah blah blah, blah. so it can go it can go either way and when we're younger, especially when we're in school, we are incredibly insecure beings. We are really worried about our appearance. We're worried about what other people think of us. And it goes it goes back again to this sto- these stoic principles or stoic philosophies of focusing on the internal rather than the external. The external world is always going to be there. It's always going to be uncontrollable. It's always going to do things that you don't like. But what we can control is our internal world. We can control our thoughts. We can control our actions. And we can control our perception of things. And we can control the information of things that we find out. Insecurities then. The the best way then to... Everyone has them. Everyone has things that are not happy about. Everyone has things that would rather change. But the best way of dealing with things that you're not happy about, things that you're insecure about, is hiding them. Is completely hiding them. Is shying away from them. Is ignoring them. Is not letting people know about them. No, I'm joking. That is the worst thing that you can possibly do. The best thing that you can possibly do is making a joke out of yourself. When you can laugh at yourself, when you're able to laugh at your your own problems and when you're able to laugh at yourself, the literally you're fucking untouchable. Like there is a lot to be said for people that are secure, people that are incredibly secure, people that are confident 
they're going to get further in life. People are going to like them more. They're going to be more charismatic. They're going to be more outgoing. And they're going to have a lot more opportunities. It's when when people are very, very insecure, when people are very judgmental, when people worry about what other people think of them, it is not a way to be happy and you're going to end up fucking miserable. So first of all, you've got to learn to make a joke out of yourself. You've got to learn to look at whatever it is that you're insecure about. For me, a big insecurity of mine used to be my leg. Like currently is my foot, I'd say actually. That's probably the biggest one at the minute. My leg has been fucked. Like my foot has been incredibly swollen. My toes look like little party sausages at the minute. Um, I've got like a, like scarring on my toes as well, which looks fucking gross. So basically I had this, what was it? I think I had a, what was it? Oh, long story short, I thought that I had like a wart on my toe and it turned out to be, I think it's just like a bit of scar tissue or something. So I did the classic man thing. And rather than seeking medical advice, I got some chemicals and decided to try and burn it off. Unfortunately, it wasn't a wart or anything. It was just a bit of, it was just like a skin condition, like a normal autoimmune skin condition. And that turned it into scar tissue. So now my toes are pretty fucked up. I've also had a nail removed, which has gone like half black because I put something called silver nitrate on it in order to get rid of a granuloma which was growing where the nail bed had been removed so my foot at the minute is pretty fucked up it probably looks like something from i don't know something you might find in an old school circus give it a few more years it might transpire into that if i keep on keep on staying fat and gaining <laughs> gaining weight i'm just getting messages from someone saying fix my bed or i <laughs> i broke someone's bed will and shut the fuck up and you <laughs> yeah anyhow um so so yeah so at the minute i've got like a fucking party sausage looking toes i've got a pretty swollen foot and i think it comes down to the fact that i've been so so heavy for so long five foot eleven i've been about 200 pounds for probably six plus months and a good weight for me is about 180 so i'm working on it. i'm losing some weight i'm gonna fix myself fix my leg but at the minute that's one of the biggest insecurities that i have and it used to be like used to be my my leg support that i had to wear my leg as a whole and you'll realize that the problems that you have, the issues that you have at the time, like right now in the present moment, they might seem massive, but in the grand scheme of things, it's fuck all. It doesn't even matter. Like who gives a shit? And you're only worried about something. You're only insecure about something because you think other people are judging you. And the reason that you judge reason that you think other people are judging you is because you judge other people for the same things. So let's say I've got a massive nose. It's a good one. And uh, I'm not very happy about my massive nose. I don't like it. I think it looks hideous. But then when I see someone down the street, oh, my reticular activation system, I'll look at them and I'll be like, I'll glance and look at their nose and be like, oh my God, they've got such a big nose. Like, oh, they look so fucking ugly. And then the only reason I'm going to be so unhappy about my, my nose, the way that I look is because I'm judging other people. So maybe then my my own insecurity it comes down to like what whatever end it starts me me judging other people on their their appearance or if someone had like a really really fucked up leg I'd be like oh that's gross kind of thing. And so first of all the best way to overcome it is by self depreciating humor. If you can laugh at yourself like you are fucking untouchable. If you can make a joke out of your own insecurities you are fucking untouchable people can't do shit and it takes all power away from whatever it is it's like when you get bullied it's like if you're bullied as a child and they say oh you're fat and ugly and you'll probably reply no i'm not and then they go yeah you are and then you go you're 
you're fatter and you're uglier. Then I'd be like, huh, no, you're not. You're, you're fat and ugly. And it kind of, you, you would, you would give them power. You'd enable them. There's work going on downstairs, which might, why you might better hear drilling. Uh, you, you'll give them power. You'll enable them. You'll give power to the words and you will put yourself underneath them on this like hierarchical, argumental, argumental ladder whatever you want to call it because you are you you are you are biting you're you're getting it's why you're you're allowing yourself to get hurt and upset by what they're saying you're enabling them you're giving the person that's taking the piss out of you power if you were to say someone was to call you fat for example and you were to say oh yeah i'm fucking massive aren't i and they're trying to get to 30 stone this year uh but at the end of the day it's like more cushion to the pushing like i like fat girls so i'm looking for a, a nice fat girl who likes a fat guy or something like that so you're making a joke out of yourself depreciating humor you're actually you're actually taking what they say and you're laughing at yourself you're taking the insult that they're throwing at you and you're you're making it into make it into your you're basically taking power of a situation and controlling it. it's like dion my friend dion he's like five foot five absolute legend really really outgoing guy really positive like never gets angry really and i have a massive respect for him a great friend of mine and we went out on the weekend and some girls were being like really well, there's this one girl in a group and we met we met a group of girls and she's being really really grumpy she didn't she took it like a she didn't like dion and uh, she said, like, oh, what are you, like, five foot seven? Shut up, kind of thing. You're so, you're so, you're so small. No one cares what you have to say. And he was like, actually, I'm five foot four. <laughs> so it's like making a, making a joke out of his own, making a joke out of his own height. She's trying to mock him for it. She's trying to take the piss out of him for it. But he's able to be like, oh, actually, I'm five foot four. So I'm only four inches off legally being a midget. So how fucking cool is that? And suddenly, like, what does she say? Like, she expects him to go, oh, shut up. I'm actually five foot eight. Uh, but because he takes power, strips power away from the situation, he owns it. He laughs at himself. <laughs> and suddenly they, there's no power in it. It goes back to this thing then dealing with insecurities so you want to be able to laugh at yourself and you want to be able to accept yourself so you've got to realize that how if you can't accept yourself how how do you expect other people to to accept you or how do you expect to to be able to perceive other people as accepting you if you don't accept yourself so you've got to really really whatever the insecurity is you've got to put it out in the open you've got to learn to laugh at it you've got to learn to accept it you've got to learn to get over it and then you've got to learn to be once you're once you've done that you can learn to stop being be you can learn to stop being such a judgmental little cunt so again it's like you're judging other people and you think people are judging you it's why like online and stuff all the people people getting hatred you know I, or if i get hate about a certain thing i quite often feel sorry for people so if i if I get hate for for being too people say like oh like oh you're you're too musty I'd never want to look like that or oh you must be on steroids like that's easy to get like when you're on steroids or oh you're lean you're disgusting like no one's that's that's too lean disgusting you're, no one's gonna like that you gotta realize that the reason they're probably saying that is because they're not happy with their body they're gonna be either maybe they, they look at me, they see that I'm very lean, it makes them feel a certain way, it makes them feel upset because maybe they're overweight, maybe they want to lose weight, they might not want to look like me, but it makes them feel a certain way, it, it, play, it plays on this pain system and ultimately I become this thing in their eyes that makes them feel horrible, makes them feel upset, so they feel the need to lash out and they feel the need to attack and they're only doing that because they judge themselves, they're very insecure and not happy about the way they look the way that they are. So you've got to learn to make a joke out of things, self-depreciating humour, take the piss a bit and that's going to strip all the power away from situations. Oh, there's one other thing that I wanted to touch on. That was it as well. So the thing that scares you in terms of your insecurity, whatever it is, the thing that scares you the most, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna put it out in the open. You're gonna wanna flaunt it. You're gonna wanna put yourself in these situations that make you get judged and make you 
make you feel a certain way. So the only way to get over a fear is by facing it head on and is by getting scared. If you're not willing to get scared, if you shy away from fear, you're going to be putting yourself in this state of state of fear state of aversion and it's not going to get you anywhere in order to get in order to grow in order to get into this state of ascension you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone and get scared so it's like me with my leg support for example i used to be incredibly insecure about it i wear a thigh length leg support which is for my lymphedema in my leg basically stops it from swelling up acts as a compression support and uh, i used to hate it man i used to wear a like i think it was even knee length back then as well below the knee leg support i used to be so insecure about it i used to go into the toilets to get changed at school when I used to have like a girlfriend round or something when I first got my first girlfriend that I used to go into the bathroom to get changed so she she wouldn't see it and it's only when I started to deliberately do things that scared me so I used to be scared shitless of being judged and people looking at wondering why this guy had a black thing on his leg so what I would do is I started to wear shorts that and that was my biggest fear started to wear shorts out in public with this black leg and the first time was horrible like I felt sick I had a massive adrenaline rush I felt like everyone was looking at me I felt judged did it again. Second time wasn't quite so bad. Did it again. Third time wasn't quite so bad. Did it again and again and again. And after like the fifth, maybe sixth time, like I didn't really give a fuck. Like I didn't care if people looked at me. I realized that they're just curious. They just wondered what it was. And uh, probably just like literally like we're animals at the end of the day if you see something out of the ordinary if, if someone has something that doesn't doesn't align with what the perfect human looks like or they have like a, a disability or whatever it is something different we we pick up on it and we look at it because we perceive it that it could be a threat like if something looks out of place it goes back to hundreds of thousands of years ago prehistoric primal times our reptilian brains so you've got to realize that people aren't judging you people aren't thinking oh that's disgusting it's just you judging yourself so you've got to do these things that scare you and after maybe like the sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth time I didn't give a fuck and I was just walking around wearing shorts and this thing that was incredibly scary started to feel quite good. Like it started to feel great because you have this reward mechanism where if something scares you and you get over it and you start, it's a sense of progression. You, you, you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing well. I can do this. I've improved. And it makes you feel really, really good and it's uh, it sets you up to win and it gets you in this, this great feeling. This thing that was incredibly scary and horrible suddenly becomes this thing that's nice and that you you enjoy doing and you'll actively seek that, seek that feeling and the more you do it the more you get scared the more reward you experience the more it's going to transfer off into other aspects of your life and other things that you do so deliberately put yourself in these situations where you your insecurities on show or doing these things that make you scared these things that make you judged uh another thing for me was with the leg support then the next step up was I used to, let's say if I slept with a girl, I would make sure I took the leg support off first or like leave my jeans on until the lights are off and then like whip my clothes off the side of the bed so she couldn't see that I was wearing a leg support. Next stage was was to like do it with, uh, do it with the lights on. So I'd just... Um, take the leg support off with the, with the light on and quite often she wouldn't say anything or she she might mention it and again like it's scary but you just progress 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 step outside the comfort zone a little bit you you given you give an inch and a great bit gradually turns into a mile and it gets you get better and better and better at it and it got to a point where it's well it's at a point now is where like this leg support is a fucking pain to get on like you have to turn it inside out you have to put it over your toes and your heels first and you have to put it all the way up over your up to your thigh and it's not easy like it like takes a good couple minutes to get on like, i'm pretty good at it now because i've done it for like 15 years probably but it's still a pain in the ass to get off so i was like you know what like why the fuck do i even take it off i'm just gonna start when i sleep with someone i'm just gonna leave it on so now if i meet uh, if i meet i actually use it as a self-depreciating humor again like if i meet a girl if, if i can tell someone wants to sleep with me or someone or i'm gonna sleep with someone or if whatever it is 
I'm having that conversation or I just happen to drop it in conversation, whatever it is. I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, I wear a suspender on one leg. And then I might ask why I wear a suspender on one leg. I just be like, uh, I don't even, a lot of the times I don't even tell them. I'm like, oh, just, um, I just have some really, really weird fucked up sexual fetishes. Like I like to wear a woman's suspender on one leg. It's just, just what I do. So, um, and then I'm like, have you ever slept with a man with a suspender on before? Quite often they're like, no, because why have they slept with a man with a suspender before? So it turns into a USP, a unique selling point. And now I just leave it on my leg. So I just leave it on my leg when I smash and I'm completely naked with a massive black suspender on one leg. And I do not give a fuck about it. I do not care. So I'm probably have to start doing that as well or getting over my fucked up little party sausage toes at the minute. Obviously, I'm trying to fix that and actually become a healthier, better person and reverse some of the damage that I've done to my leg over the last few months. But um, yeah, just got to learn to make a joke out, out of it. Get out, flaunt it. Don't hide away things. Don't hide away insecurities. Make them public. Make them known. And you'll get over them. You've got to realize as well, like I said at the start of this podcast, things that seem like a massive massive deal to you in a few years time you're gonna look back and you'll be like why did I even fucking care about that why did I give a shit about that if something doesn't matter to you in one year time again go off the tangent why do you care about it it shouldn't matter if you get a parking ticket who fucking cares it's a fucking parking ticket mate so the whole the the whole Issues seem like issues when you're experiencing them. They, they, if you allow something to bother you, if something seems huge in your head, take a step back, take a few deep breaths and realize that it's probably not going to matter in a few years time. And you might even be in a situation where you've got a problem that you perceive as so big, you'd wish you had your previous problem. So like, I would, I would, I would, if someone said to me, Mo, do you want to go back to wearing a below knee leg support and have your leg exactly the same that it was back then? I'd be like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I would. That'd be great. I'd be so happy if that was the case, if that was, if that was the, the, the reality that I was experiencing. But at the time, it seemed like the worst thing in the world. So realize that someone's always got, always got it worse than, than you. You can always have it worse. And that the issue that you have might not actually be that bad. Just learn to live with it, learn to fucking deal with it, get over it, put your insecurities on display. Number two then, or number three, final thing I want to talk about on this yo-yo podcast that's all over the place. And that's meeting people. Um, obviously I've got quite a few followers on Instagram I'm verified which is great social proof it's pretty funny as well to use it to like when you when you meet people just to fuck with them um, it's I've got quite a few followers on Instagram I've got quite a few quite a decent YouTube following so I get put on a pedestal by a lot of people I get a lot of, lot of DMs a lot of messages and people treat me differently like I know that people are people are going to be overly nice to me when I meet them in person they're probably not going to treat other people like that people put me on a pedestal and they treat me in this almost celebrity type way like certain people don't give a fuck which is really cool other people really really care and treat me in this special way so if you want to meet people then let's talk about high high socially status status people people of high social status people let's say that's going to apply to people that are famous like movie stars celebrities people with massive social media followings people that are very sought after in terms of people that you wish to meet um very attractive girls that have lots of lots of people hitting them up and even very attractive guys that have lots of people hitting them up being gay straight whatever it is it applies to everyone it applies to everything so then, why? how do we meet these people? Number one is, if you start putting people on pedestals, if you start treating people like gods, if you start putting people 
on this throne and thinking they're so much above you and how they're amazing and incredible and miraculous and all these things that have they've accomplished that they're, they're amazing they're superhuman and you literally like worship them like a fucking god you're never going to get to their level you're never going to be able to do the things that they want to do so in the music industry for example you have a lot of people like really really fangirling and like worshiping and treating people like they're kings and queens and at the end of the day they're just normal fucking people if you are a fangirl if you treat someone like they are above you if you treat someone like they are a god you're never gonna be able to do what they have done you're never gonna be able to achieve what they have achieved because you think it takes a special breed of person to do this thing you think it takes a a very special rare 0.0000000001% of the population person to get to that level and you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot because you're never going to get there because you think that the things that they do the things that they have done are just so out of reach they're impossible to get to you're not going to be able to do it high status people and being put on a pedestal so these people are put on a pedestal, they're treated like kings, they're treated like queens, and then if you are in the category of fangirl, if you're someone that's putting putting people on this pedestal, like obviously it's a bit of a paradox because I'm only where I am through people putting me on a pedestal, through pe people following me wanting to know something that I have, and I'd hope that that's because it's like I'm giving you guys a lot of value, but I know as well it's going to be because of this thing called the halo effect where people think I'm like this supreme, supreme, great, great being that does all these great and wonderful things. And at the end of the day, like I'm just a normal guy, I'm just a normal bloke. And that's the same as anyone with, with a decent or a solid Instagram following, anyone that's a musician, anyone that's a film star, anyone that's famous, they're all, they're all normal people. Yes, they might possess these desirable traits, they might do these desirable things, they might live a great life and have all this money, but they are, they are normal people so in terms of connecting with high status people i call it fan zoning if you come to someone if you meet someone and you treat them differently you treat them different to how you treat normal people you're going to be fan zoned you're going to be fan zoning yourself it's like friend zoning so let's say someone comes up to me and they're like oh my god mo i love your videos so much you've changed my life you're an inspiration like mo i love you like you're amazing you're incredible like i don't know what to say i can't speak i i, I don't know what to do can can we get a picture like please like oh thank you so much like can can, can you sign this for me can you fucking speak at my nan's funeral whatever it is if someone comes up to me like that and they've just like lost their shit like number one it's amazing it's incredible like it's it's mad to be in a position where people recognize me and people like appreciate what i do so don't stop doing that because i fucking love it but if someone goes like really really over the top goes crazy i, I understand it can be very nerve-wracking or it can be nervous like meeting people that you look up to people that you aspire to be like but if someone like puts me on this pedestal i'll be really really appreciative of it appreciative of it but if someone puts me on this pedestal it's a massive turnoff like in the sense that they're they're treating me or that they're they're, they're they're they've got this preconceived image or preconceived notion or this preconceived idea this ideal something that I feel like feel like I'm not they treat me like a bit of a god and whilst it's really really cool it's like it turns it turns you off people so if you place people on a pedestal that you meet if you want to meet someone like a, like I said be an attractive girl that has a lot of guys after her uh whatever it is uh, someone that's famous celebrity a big Instagram influencer if you treat them specially if you're like really overly keen and overly friendly and like 
like literally like kiss lick that ass and freak out and fangirl you're gonna be fan zoned they are gonna treat you as nothing more than a fan and there's nothing more than a follower that's that's how it's gonna be and like with me for example i've got i've got friends that i met and they were like that at first like i've got a mate called josh and he met me at body power and he's a bit of a bit of a fanboy when he first met me but then after i met him a few more times then he chilled out and then we're just cool as fuck like literally he just like started treating me like the normal piece of shit that i am and uh and and we became great friends so there's loads of people like that and you're not going to be stuck in this fan zone if you if you do it but you got to realize that the people that constantly meet me and they really really place me on this pedestal and they just like want to want to I idealize me. It's a massive turnoff. Like I've loads of friends that are very big on Instagram. I've loads of girlfriends, ooh, girlfriends in a in a platonic way, as in like literally, it's like non non sexual who are incredibly attractive, who have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. I have many girlfriends who are Instagram model, models, bikini models, big like actual actual models, people doing big campaigns, people that guys are fucking DMing and like begging to marry them and all this shit. They get thousands of DMs every single day. I have loads and loads of friends like that. And why do I have those friends? Is it because I'm really good looking? Maybe. Who knows? That's definite, that isn't it? Is it because I've got a great personality? Maybe. Maybe it's because I'm good looking and have a great personality. Maybe it's because I'm a narcissist. No, it isn't any of those things. It's because people are friends. Let's say celebrities are friends with celebrities. Let's use like Tom Cruise and someone else being friends with each other. People are, are friends with each other like that of high social status because they get it. The only reason they're friends with each other is because obviously they have like a normal foundation for friendship, like any friendship, but people like Post Malone hanging out with, who the fuck does he, H3H3 or Ethan, whatever it is, or for H3H3, hanging out with each other is because they, they are both, they, they are all idolized by people. They have all these fans and when they're together, they just treat each other like normal fucking people because when you when you get there, when you get to, get to a level, when you get to something, you realize that you are the exact same person. You sure you might know new things, sure you might be, if you've been practicing like a spiritual path or if you've been preaching about uh, growing as a person and spirituality and enlightenment and becoming better and helping people sure you'll have new new knowledge new knowledge and you'll be able to interact with the world differently but ultimately you are still the same normal person you were when you're a nobody when you didn't have any of this notoriety or fame whatever it is and people that are friends with each other like big time big time celebrities or me being friends with people who are big on instagram as well big on youtube whatever it is we like treat each other exactly the same like we don't have these nor these weird fucking influencer conversations we have the same like dumb humor we do the same shit we have the same goofy dumb jokes we we rip each other i'll tell i'll tell a mate who's a good one jade who's like a bikini model i'll tell jade that just be a fucking horrible little shitbag to her and just take the piss it's like we treat each other like normal people because at the end of the day that's that's all you are and it's like my friendships people that are nearest and dearest, dearest to me in, in my life they they, they they treat me like I'm a like, like I'm a worthless piece of dirt. They don't actually treat me like I'm a worthless piece of dirt. But they, there's no placing me on a pedestal. Like we're all equal. They're all the same. They realize that it does, it's just a fucking number on a screen. Like I'm no different to anyone else. And it's the same with you guys. You know, like if you're trying to meet someone, let's say I tried to meet. Let's say I wanted to meet or I got to meet Tom Cruise. I've actually met Tom Cruise, which is kind of cool. Obviously, I'm going to be scared. Like I'm I'm only human at the end of the day. I know how it, I know what it feels like to meet your idols. I know what it feels like to meet people that are massive in the public eye it's we, we you're gonna be a liar if you said you were chill about and if you you weren't scared about it. or let's say you meet some like massive porn star i mean watching riley reed and what's the other one um riley reed and 
Lana Rose, that's it. I haven't been watching them on Pornhub or anything. Um, I've been watching them on YouTube and I follow them both on Instagram now because they're fucking hilarious and they just they're just like really really cool people. But you see you see people meet them or when in Logan Paul's vlogs when Mike Mike met Lana Rose, whatever it is. Um, the, these people, they're going to have hundreds of thousands of DMs, really, really thirsty guys messaging them all, all this weird shit. And you realize from watching vlogs and stuff on YouTube, at the end of the day, they're just normal fucking cool girls, just funny people. But they're put on a pedestal and they're idolized by people. And the people that they're idolized by are never going to be able to be friends with them or anything like that. So the point I'm trying to make is that everyone is the same. It doesn't matter how how much notoriety or fame that you have. Like, play it cool when you meet these people. Treat them exactly the same as everyone else because they are the same. There's nothing special about them. They just applied themselves to a skill, or maybe they are—they are special. They're incredibly inspiring, motivational, motivating people. But like, you can be appreciative. You can be like Mo, like I fucking, or let's say. Who's so, like Brendan? Brendan Bachard. I fucking love his books. I really, really like him. Um, he's shared a lot, of, quite a few of my posts on his Instagram. He's replied to replied to my things, replied to my story. I've tagged him in it, and like I could be like, oh my god, Brendan! Like, thanks for replying. Is it Brendan or Brandon? Brendan, it's Brendan, isn't it? Oh my God, Brendan, thanks for replying. I love your stuff so much. I love your podcast. I love your books. I'm your biggest fan. Oh my God, I could reply that, but it's not going to do me any favors. He he knows that his shit's great. So rather than that, I'll, I'll probably just be like, like, I love, like your books are great, mate. Keep smashing it. Like literally you can't, you can be appreciative of people still. You can tell them like what they've done, how they've helped slash or how they've improved your life. But there's a level where, where a compliment becomes a bit weird or a bit, a bit stalkery or a bit obsessive. There's a level where a threshold where you start to compliment so much and start to treat someone so differently that you, you pass over into the fan zone and just be careful of that. Treat people the same, treat people normally and realize that people are just people at the end of the day, no matter what they have, no matter what they do, all people are the same. So that was a improv spontaneous podcast that was all over the place. Let me know what you think. Give me a message. Drop me a DM. Let me know what you liked. Let me know what you didn't like. Let me know what you want to speak about next week and give me your opinion and your own insight into some of the things that I talked about. Like I said, it was unplanned. So I felt like I, fl- I faffed around a little bit, went around around the subject a couple of times, went off on a tangent, but I have so much shit that I want to say. I just find it so hard to stay on course and with straight lines sometimes.